Bob, tell me about Stryker Sports first. Let's let's establish that first. Okay, we offer uh, or operate both Suns Basketball Academy okay. and Stars Volleyball, and our focus is fundamental youth skill development. And we start both programs right at grade one all the way through junior high at various skill levels. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so wh- where did where did the two programs come from, or where did it originate? Well, we started in the program uh, when we were living in Manitoba. We had moved there from the United States, and my daughters had started playing basketball when we were down in the United States at grade one and grade three. Okay. So when we moved to Manitoba, we were in a rural community, and there was no organize. If you didn't play hockey <laughs> or baseball, you kind of, you know, there wasn't, yeah, or soccer. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Yeah. So they started, well, we need to get into, we need to start a basketball program, Dad. So I started in, <laughs> in a town called Gimli, Manitoba. Sure. And we had 23 kids, and we got involved then with the Stars basketball group back yep. in the day with, with Mark Hogan and his group. Yep. And they provided a coach's manual and an orientation for our coaches, and we just started signing up kids, and away we went. And within a year, we were in five towns in the Manitoba Inner Lake, and both basketball, then we moved into volleyball as well, okay. Stars volleyball at the time. And then I moved with a job position to Calgary, and at the time, in 2008, Calgary didn't have anybody running the Stars Volleyball program here at the time, so I took that on, and I started coaching basketball, and we formed Suns Basketball based roughly on the Stars Basketball model from a few years ago. Okay. And uh, we grew now to where we run six programs around the city and in Okotoks, spring, um, summer camps, fall, and winter. So we go all four seasons. You a basketball guy? I was, yeah, yeah. Basketball and volleyball, but more basketball. More basketball. Uh, yeah, so that yeah. was your sport yeah. coming up? Yeah, especially through high school and into senior men's. And um, when I played volleyball, I don't want to age myself, but it wasn't a very, it wasn't a major sport. No. You know, we played it at school. There was no fans came to watch a game. Yeah. And it really wasn't until Tom Selleck became spokesman of USA Volleyball, the sport went crazy. And it's amazing. Every session we do, year after year, mm-hmm. we have almost exactly the same number of kids doing basketball and volleyball. Hmm. You would think, you know, one would, would one, gain a one, popular, yeah, yeah. But every year, it's the it's, same we number, fill eh? the same number of uh, programs. But remind me a little bit. I, I'm familiar with STARS, but remind me a little bit about that program, the basketball the STARS program. basketball? Yeah. Well, it was formed by uh, Mark Hogan, who's a well-known coach uh, here in Calgary. Yeah. And Mark played at the university level and coached at that level, all the way up to that level. And he started the program uh, really because his daughter, could, they told her she couldn't play basketball when she was eight, nine years old. She wasn't old enough yet. Mm-hmm. So Mark said, well, that's not right. We need to start a program for kids in elementary school age. You know, it, you know my day, um, you didn't start either basketball or volleyball till junior high school. Right. Well, now we have kids starting at, at grade one. In junior NBA, the kids are starting at five years old. Yeah. You know. And the program really focused on the kids having fun, getting their fundamentals in place, and getting you know some background or training in place before they got into competitive basketball. So these kids really have an advantage when they hit community basketball or junior high age basketball mm-hmm. and volleyball. Some of them have four or five years of skills work right. in, 
and they're ready to play. And, and some of these kids then go on to play club and higher levels in the high school, some in the college. Uh, but our primary focus is the kids just have fun, enjoy the sport, because they're both what we call lifetime sports. You know, there's adult leagues, there's recreational leagues. Now in volleyball, beach is really popular. Yeah. You know, people at cottage, vacation at the lake. Yeah. Kids just migrate to beach volleyball. So, uh, you know, we want to see these kids, you know, we started in grade three or four still playing adult volleyball when they're 40 or 50 years old. Why have we, why have we lost that? I don't understand why we have lost that. You know, that whole idea of we're, we're it seems to me sports in so many ways is about we got to get them to be pros. Right. No, we don't. Yeah. No. We got, we got them to get them to be 50, 60 years old still <laughs> yeah. dribbling. But, I mean, the reality is that one out of 100 maybe playing high school in yeah. Calgary is going to play college or university right. in any given sport. Sure. Um, it may be two, three out of 100 in the really top sports schools, you know, around town. But for most of them, it's it's just kids want to play sports to have fun, yeah. and they want to be with their friends. That's the primary driving force for the kids. Parents might be looking ahead, oh, boy, you know, she's pretty good at basketball. There might be a scholarship in our future. But kids aren't thinking about scholarships no. at 8, 9, 10 years old. They aren't. And if they're not having fun, th- there's lots of other things they can be doing, you know, yeah. and yeah. they'll move on. The other thing we really focus on, is our kids playing multi-sports. You know, mm-hmm. we encourage kids to swim, to cycle, you know, to play badminton, to play soccer, to get involved in, in more. There's too many kids now being funneled or pressured into, you know, specializing one sport. They're Early playing soccer 10 months of the yeah. year. Yeah. And we see it. And so we're getting volleyball kids, especially because repetitive sport injury becomes a problem in volleyball because they're hitting with the same hand mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. the overhand. And I have grade six and seven girls that can power an overhand serve. Well, it doesn't take long before the the back starts to ache, the shoulders hurting, yeah. you know, sore. And those kids need another outlet. They need other, ex- like swimming, for example. I really recommend swimming for my volleyball kids, you know, to get the shoulders working. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But I, I've seen grade seven, eight, nine kids out for months because of back problems and shoulder problems. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, when I was a kid, we just went from basketball to volleyball to football to soccer to track and field to baseball in the summer. You just change sports every six, eight weeks. You're in another sport, hockey through the winter. Yeah. You know, and uh, we don't see that as much now. Yeah. Bob, I keep asking the same question. Why? <laughs> yep. I don't get it. I, I don't. And, and first of all, I, I do want to stop and just say thank you. Yeah. Because I think it, it's so refreshing to hear someone in sport say, enough. Yeah. Like, look, 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 we've got to be multi-sport. Right. Well, you know, I, I belong to an organization which has got a lot of momentum now in North America called Changing the Game. And John it's really, O'Sullivan. John O'Sullivan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And there's another organization called Let Them Play. Yep. Um, I'm, signed, I'm a member of an organization in the U.K. because soccer is out of control there. These kids by 8, 9, 10 years old are always specialized. By 12, they're actually at a boarding school, a soccer school, outside yeah. the city where they live. So yeah. at 12, 13, they're living away from their parents to play soccer. Yeah. And you know, and if the kid really wants it, that's one thing. But how much of that is the kid and how much of that is his parent? But you know, uh, the best explanation I heard for it, the paradigm shifted when Tiger Woods hit the scene. That all of a sudden, here's a kid that started hitting golf balls at three. His dad worked with him. He just golf, golf, golf all year round yeah. and top guy on the tour athletes are the athlete yeah. of athletes yeah. and that's when the paradigm shifted and parents are looking at my kid could be the next Tiger Woods my kid could be the next whatever yeah. you know yeah. Pete Rose 
Wayne Gretzky. And they, this, we never had the opportunity when I played to play club or anything else. You just played school or community, whatever the recreation league was. Mm-hmm. You didn't get a chance to go and specialize somewhere. You had to play multi-sports. Yeah. At the end of the road, though, uh, changing the games done surveys with U.S. universities, where the number of kids that special, they, they surveyed 10,000 kids across 20 sports, half girls, half boys, that had graduated high school and gone to college or NCAA at one division or another, all the way up to Division One. Yep. So when they surveyed them, there was no difference in the number of kids that had made it to college, university sports, that had specialized versus the multi-sport athletes. Yep. It was exactly the same amount. But the serious injury rate, the repetitive injury rate, in the one-track kids was 35% higher. So by the graduation of high school, they'd had knee surgery, shoulder surgery, ankle problems, severe sport injuries. Yeah. You know? And you see these kids in high school wearing heavy knee braces, playing basketball and volleyball, and you just go, how much of a future can she have in the sport or he yeah. have in the sport? Yeah. If they already have gone through maybe an ACL tear. and So... I mean, that, the, so I think that's the best explanation I ever heard was the Tiger Woods phenomenon. And I guess when you look back in history, that's really when yeah, yeah, I think it got to yeah, specialize. And, yeah, and, and it's so refreshing. Like I say, I, I, I do want to tip my hat to you because it's so refreshing to hear, you know, somebody in sports say, no, 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 we yeah. got to do what's best for the, for the whole, for the athlete as a whole, yeah. right? And, and that whole idea of, of sport for life. Rather than sport for profit or, exactly. or, or or sport for this, yeah, because the reality is, you know, that one to three percent of those kids are going to get a scholarship yeah. or some scholarship yes. support somewhere in a college or university. Yes. The number of kids that get a full ride, you know, basketball Alberta in the last five years have had four kids go to the U.S. Okay, so less than one a year right. out of basketball, and when you see that kid on the court, you go, "Yep." That's the one you can like. They're so far above sure. the crowd; eh? they separate themselves. You just know that that's the kid that's got it. But the other right. five hundred thousand playing high school basketball or volleyball may go, may play here at State. You know, may go to mm-hmm. MRU, may go UFC, may go somewhere, Briarcrest, call wherever. Which is great. Play, yeah, great, which is but wonderful. Ba- balanced, right? Yeah. But, you know, they're going to a program where academics is still, you know, they have to qualify academically. Exactly. And, and there's, a, there's a student life there, and, and mm-hmm. they're getting an education, you know. And I've had a lot of athletes say that to me. You know, ultimately it was more important. The degree for my future was more important than any shot I might have had ever trying to go to play pro somewhere. Right. You know. Yeah. They wanted to get that degree in place. and. Let's talk some volleyball. Yeah. And I'm going to come back to, to basketball. Sure. But let's talk some volleyball. Um, there's a lot of good things going on in Calgary right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Growth. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you talked earlier about, you know, empty gyms. That's not necessarily the case. What's going on in volleyball right now? Well, it's it's gained a lot of – it got tremendous coverage in the Olympics last year mm-hmm. from Brazil, uh, both beach and on court. And, you know, it's become a more exciting game, much higher profile game. And – but we see it's primarily a girls' game until junior high. Mm-hmm. 85% of our kids in all of our camps and programs, grade 1 to 6, are girls. Really? Yeah. Because wow. boys, I think, are, you know, they're doing hockey in the winter and some okay. of those other things. All right. Where the girls, they, they want to play volleyball. It, yeah. It's a track. And I'm not sure 
entirely why. Mm-hmm. They just look at volleyball and go, hey, that's a good sport. I think some of it, and for the parents, there's no no contact. I mean, you can get hit in the head or face or wherever the ball. Right. But I think there are kids that don't like the confrontation of a check in your face. They don't like to be hit, mm-hmm. you know, playing sure. football or hockey or whatever. Yeah. And, and certainly that, that shyer kid, quieter kid, probably attracted to volleyball first because of that, you know. But uh, by grade five, six, our, our grade five, six groups are always full at every session. Really? And, and it's almost all girls. You, you brought up beach a couple times. It seems, yeah. So, so we've accepted beach. Beach is okay. Beach is, oh, yeah. beach yeah. is fine. And, yeah. And that's an alternative and, and just another. Yeah. St- but what, what people don't realize, because they'll go to, you know, the lake and see, and they'll be playing. But the reality is you don't start, play, you can't play beach competitive until at least 14 years old. Okay. It's an, it looks like so much fun. I don't know if you've ever played it. <laughs> but man, when you're trying to move and jump in sand. Oh, no. Oh, the leg stress is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So when we, we've put 10 11 12 year old kids out on the sand courts at rally point to have some fun and and within 10 minutes you know they're just <laughs> they're, they're sweating and yeah. they're, <laughs> it's a little bit bigger ball it's a heavier ball and i you didn't know cover that a lot of, yeah it? the ball is a different size oh i didn't yeah, know that okay. yeah and it it feels almost it's more like a soccer ball to me yeah you know when, yeah, I, yeah. when I hold it yeah. i was surprised the first time i hit one i went wow this is a lot heavier you know than a the volleyball uh, regulation ball and of course if you play for kids it's impossible a two-person basketball to or uh, beach volleyball till you get into high school level because that's a fair amount of court space for two people to try and cover sure so those players you see in the olympics most of them were hardcore players of course coming at played university played an elite level and then went to and beach. then went. Okay. Yeah. okay but they're superior like for okay. volleyball they're the i think the elite of the volleyball world a lot of them you know, and they're six two, six three. Even the women are. So, you know. it's because it's been around for a while, did you, you do you see a different route forming? Will we ever develop strictly a beach player? Do you think, or will it always come through the team? Kind of. I think I I would say yes. I think that's happening in places like California, where the weather is conducive, and, yeah. and of course. There are beaches, there are, there's ocean, there's all that to play, and they have beautiful courts set up on some of those public beaches. Yeah, that's not and, bad either, And they have right? leagues going and all that. Sure. But it's still a very difficult, challenging thing for a younger kid. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've ta- I talked to a coach um, that coaches development volleyball in California, and they're just going gangbusters there, both indoor and outdoor they volleyball. Are, eh? Yeah, like they, they've like our program. They're starting kids in elementary school, and some of these camps are pretty intense, more intense than what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, these are kids that in a little bit more of the American model. They want to play competitively. Got you know, it. They're really driven. Their parents are driven. Got and, it. Yeah. You know. But you know, on the development side, I you know, I had one parent email me say. You know, my my son is the biggest kid in his classroom. His dad was a good basketball player, and he's already done enough skills work at eight years old. Yeah, he's ready to play. And I'm thinking, no, sorry, you know, you'll have to find another program. We just can't. They're, do it. they're not ready to play at eight years old. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but that's a bit of that instant gratification thing. As soon as a kid has a good session. You know, at, whether it's a junior NBA, or, whoa, he's ready to go. Well, no, they're not. No, you know, no. they can't play an organized. It's the same in volleyball. Our little kids put the skills together. They can serve a ball, and they love to bump. That you know, almost every hits a bump. Sure. But trying to put a game together to pass to each other, and that you yeah. know, you reach grade four, five, six before that starts to happen. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, volleyball would be a complementary sport to what? I mean, we, here we are talking about you know the evils of early specialization. We look for cross training. What would volleyball? It seems to me football. If you know for no, receivers. actually uh, the closest sport to it in movement. Yeah, is badminton. It is. Yeah, eh? strangely oh, okay, enough. Okay. Okay. So we're we're telling a lot of the competitive volleyball kids get on your school badminton team play it at school play it competitively wow, okay you know, and go to even just go to the gyms uh, the wise and that that offer open badminton night you yeah know, and just whack that ball around but the lateral movement the stroke of the arm all that's the same as volleyball Wow. So what people would never think of that. And then, you know, I had a parent say, what about tennis? Said, no, like tennis is more underhand. It's, it's sure. not the same motion. But you sure. would think it, that would be comparable. Yeah. But I badminton. And then skills-wise, a lot of the basketball players play volleyball, vice versa. Okay. Uh, you need lateral, you know, yep. you need lateral foot movement in both sports. Uh, you need to be quicker than fast. Like, you have to be quick in short distances. Right. And you have to have a vertical jump. So... They're complementary in many ways, too. It's just the contact. You know, there's yeah. a lot more contact in basketball now than it used to be. Yeah, so I, I, a, I just thought of football just from the standpoint of, you know, watching, you know, development of young athletes, right. receivers and things like that, getting yeah. up and yeah. jumping. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that if I'm a football player, I think I'd be looking at volleyball as a nice, you know, break. Yeah, and, and yeah I think for guys that play a defensive back and that. Yeah. But, uh, again, it... it and I don't want to stare. We really incur, like, we get some undersized kids playing volleyball. Oh. You know, and I've had these kids come to us in grade three, four, and they're, they're tiny. And they're <laughs> going, but you, you may not have picked the right sport here, but those kids work and work and work. And there is still a place in basketball and volleyball for that smaller kid. Okay. But I say you've got to be quicker. Yeah. You know, you've got to be fast. You've got to work on your foot speed. Sure. And, you know, we do speed and agility exercises and things. I said, you've got to be faster than the big guys. Yeah. You know, but, you know, with with the advent of the libero and volleyball, and most of the setters are smaller players, mm-hmm. typically. And so I tell those young guys, I said, you learn how to set and you work on your foot speed and you'll always have a chance to play somewhere. And they do. You know, yeah. I've had some very small players. You know, that started with us in grade three or four that are now playing high school and club, and they're still the smallest kid on their team. But, you know, six, seven, eight years of volleyball skills behind yeah. them. So you can't, hard to cut them. You know? Oh, exactly. They're fast. They know how to bump. They know how to set. They can hit. They understand they the serve. game. Yeah. Yeah. And they know the game. Yeah. yeah. That makes a big difference. Bob Baker from Striker Sports, our guest. We're talking uh, volleyball now some basketball. Okay. Um, you're originally from the United States, so... No, I, no, I, I work down there. I'm a Canadian, but oh, I worked down there for, okay. originally from Manitoba. Then I don't have to do this at all. Okay. How <laughs> great is it to be a Canadian in basketball right now? Wonderful. Oh, Isn't yeah. it? We're, we're on Boy, the verge of some... Men's and Yeah. Right? We're on the verge of uh, two or three really great Olympic performances, both men's and women's yeah. teams. Yeah. Our uh, men's team, Steve Nash, is back engaged with the men's team. Yeah. Uh, which is great because, of course, he has so much capital with those. You know, like, everybody just... You know, Steve Nash is one of the greatest of all time. Period. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he's by far the greatest Canadian player of all time. But you know, we we there's I think this year in the NCAA tournament there was over thirty Canadian men mm-hmm. playing in the in the sixty four, and their schools with Texas is recruiting Canadians. You know, that's where Chris Joseph yeah. played, um, Tristan Thompson. There's so many guys that are and. That's really driven in some ways by the Toronto Raptors have become such a national 
focus. You yeah. Know, only one team in Canada. When we have registration or kids show up, half of them are wearing a Raptors hat or a Raptors jersey. So it, right. it really, it's it's a cool sport. Sort of like skateboarding that has its fashion, the baggy shorts, yeah. you know, the, the yeah. jerseys. And so the kids migrate to that. Um, so well, yeah. that's interesting, Bob, because I was going to ask you, um, from the outside, those two MVPs that Nash won. Yeah. I wondered if that, and I wonder now about that, you know, the old Gretzky in L.A. and what that did for the sport yeah, down there. Yeah. I wondered if Nash did that for us. If, if Well, I think in many ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, you know, Rick Fox was playing with the Lakers, sure high was. profile. There was uh, uh, Winnington with, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the Bulls. I mean, yeah. there were some guys, sure. there, but not like today. No. And there's there's very few Division One programs in the U.S. that don't have Canadians playing for them. Right. And, you know, it took them years to discover that Toronto is the seventh biggest basketball market in North America. You know, it's up there with Houston and New York and Philly really? and L.A. Okay. Um, and, and a large, I think there's something like 300,000 kids now in Toronto playing minor basketball. Yeah. You know, so you, you see the guys come on their program every year. And, and now probably the best of them all, Barnett's coming into yeah. the college draft this year. Yeah. You know, there's a kid that led Canada to a win over U.S. and the U-19 yeah. worlds. Yeah. You know, had 35 points on an American team that was favored by 20 points. Yeah. yeah. And so he could be better in all of them, yeah. ultimately, if he keeps going at the rate he's going. And you look at Kia Nurse. I yeah. mean, Oh, yeah. The, the Best woman player probably in, in NCAA. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we have the role models. I think we yeah. have all the elements for this incredible growth right now. Are you right. seeing that here in Calgary? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Both sports, uh, both basketball and volleyball, um, we thought we'd have more of a lift coming out of the Olympics for basketball. But again, you know, our women's team did well there, but our men's team hadn't qualified. And yeah. I think that hurt us in that okay. sense. Yeah. Um, so we actually saw a little more surge in volleyball. But that that Olympic coverage certainly helps promote all those Olympic sports. Sure I does. Mean, that, yeah. the, the more TV coverage they get, of course, the more yeah. kids look at that and start dreaming about that instead of maybe the NHL or, yeah. you know. Um, especially if, like, there's a video on Facebook now of this kid that's 12, that's seven foot one, <laughs> playing basketball. I, I believe I saw that. Yeah, that wasn't fair. Well, yeah, it's, you're kind of. <laughs> where do you put that kid yeah. to develop? Like, he yeah. can't he can't get competition anywhere at his age just because he's he's clearly he's a foot and a half taller than every kid on the court. Sure, sure, but going to have a pretty good future, you would think. Yeah, you know? but, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to talk to basketball people about skills. Yes, because I think. The, 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 it's great that the coverage and it's great that it's big and everything, but yeah. there there seemed to be at least for a while there kind of an erosion of of basic basketball skills at, at some of the higher levels. Oh, absolutely, it's still there. It is yeah, eh? absolutely. Um, again, it's that kids want the North American sports is kids want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's quick. You yeah, know, we go to drive through restaurants. <laughs> um, yeah. Everything's on a video screen. If they need to look something up, it's on their phone in ten seconds. Sure. And so they get bored with skills. You know, and, and Mike McKay will be in Calgary next week doing coaches clinic. He used to be the head of basketball coaches, Canada. Yeah. And he's now the performance director for the women's national program. But Mike talks about, you know, he went and studied training programs in Italy and Belgium and France. And he said, those kids don't play a game till they're 14. They just yeah. do skill, skill, skill. Yeah. And he was watching summer camps where they would do the same drill for 45 minutes straight. Well, our kids, after two minutes, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to get them to focus long enough. Right. And, I mean, the reality, and we talk about repetitions, touches on the ball. 
and that's why skills work so important. If you're playing community basketball, which is wonderful, and it gets the kids into that game situation, and mm-hmm. you're on a team in that, but in a basketball game, you might touch the ball 15, 20 times. Right. You might get three, four shots. If you're one of the better players, you might get eight or ten. You've got a 40-minute game with a running clock, so you're going to play about 13 or 14 minutes of time of basketball. That's wonderful, but then you have one practice a week, and the coaches are working on trying to get their teams coordinated and playing some defense and trying to run a throw-in play. Mm -hmm. So there's just not time to do the skills work at that level. Yeah. yeah. So I tell our parents, I said, you've got to be doing the skills work, if not with us, somewhere. Or she's he or she's got to be working on her own. They yeah. got to be shooting outside, and kids look. Sports is so organized now. When you tell kids, well, shoot two hundred baskets a night after school, and they just look at you like you're an alien. What? What? Like I'd have to do that without my, you know, being driven somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like the idea of just going and playing pickup ball for yeah. a lot of kids is like, wow. I don't know if my mom will let me do that kind of thing. And And, you know, my youngest daughter was a great basketball player. She played from grade one all the way through. And she, I would say, you know, we lived in a town in Manitoba with 5,000 kids in a day. She knew all of her teammates at school and on our club team in the area. Yeah. And I, one of them lived the next block over, and I said to her, well, just go ring her doorbell and <laughs> go with your basketball and say, do you want to go to school? Well, I can't do that. You have to phone her mom. And I'm like, where do you get that from? But everything was play dates, and, you know, oh. it's got to be in a gym, and there has to be a well, coach there. And, so the, I, and there's no yeah. better sport than basketball yeah. for just grabbing and yeah. going and playing. Right? So she would go and play. On, she'd okay. shoot, and she would shoot, and she'd yeah. shoot. And, you know, she finally told me that in grade 10, she would go over to an outdoor court in Bridalwood, and she played for Centennial. And so I asked her one day, I said, how come you like going to Bridalwood? She says, there's four baskets there. It's a pretty big facility. She says, and the Centennial boys play there. Like, they hang out there, right? And they let her play with them because she has some game, sure. right? So, yeah. Yeah. so she works out against the boys all the time. Right? She's all, she'd be over there three or four times a week. And she'd take one of her friends with her who was one of the top players on the team. And so I finally one day said, how come you let Amy play with you? Uh, you when you're other, you wouldn't call on these other kids over the years, and she said, "Cause Amy will actually play." She'd take friends over there, and they'd just goof off. They'd oh, get their okay. phones out. Yeah, they'd be laying yeah. on the grass next to the outdoor court, yeah. chatting, and like it was a social thing. For sure. Me. And she just wanted to go and work. Right. And so that that she, but it was years later before she finally told me the truth. But that's the reality. How many kids do you see out by themselves, right. shooting on an outdoor hoop? You know, yeah. and, and when she trained for the, uh, I always just, my daughter's one of the hardest working kids I ever coached. When she w- wanted to make the Bantam Provincial Team in Manitoba, she shot 400 basketballs a day from 40 different spots on the court, from six angles out to the three-point arc, 10 shots at each one. Yeah. So she walked on the court. Now, it was all muscle memory. Like she, yep. you know, our brain's telling her you're 14 feet out, you're yep. three degrees off front, bang, you know, and she, she shot unbelievable. And, you know, parents that say, oh, your daughter's lucky. She's such a good shot. I said, oh, luck has nothing to do with this, you know. And these kids that, th- and parents that think their child's going to go somewhere in a sport or play college level, for example, they really have to see what, what's behind those kids that make that. You know, right. how hard those kids work outside of what you see yep. in the school gym. 
you know, those kids are, are in the weight room, you know, in high school at 7.30 in the morning. Yep. You know, they're out running every night after practice or, or shooting baskets again, or they stay behind and shoot 100 baskets after practice. But I asked her, where'd you get the 400 shot number from? And she said, Steve Nash. He did from high school till the end of his NBA career. He shot 400 balls a day outside of practice and games on game day even. Yep. He would shoot 400 balls. Every single day. Well, you no wonder the guy was unconscious. Yeah. Just. But but a great example of the yeah. importance of those role models, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and how they can impact. Yeah. yeah. You know, and one of the great experiences my daughter had, she played for the University of Manitoba's club program. She was in their academy and club program. And the Bison athletes coached it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're working with university players. Uh, you have to have high academic standings to be at University of Manitoba. So yep. they're good students. You know, they, they've got a training regime virtually year-round. Yep. You know, so they were great role models for, you know, nice kids, work hard, good students. You know, and that was such a good environment for her to be yeah. in. And, you know, we, our coaches, some of our coaches are adults. Some are high school and college players. Mm-hmm. And we like to provide, you know, for, a, for an 8-year-old girl, you know, a grade 12 high school player is a great role model. Absolutely. You know, the kid's the kids friendly, the kid's having fun, the kid knows her skills, yeah. you know. And so that's that. we try and create that same environment where they look up to their coach and they look forward to coming every week yeah. and seeing their coach. And we have kids hugging their coach after every practice. You know? And yeah. that's, that's, again, that's part of them getting to enjoy and have fun at the sport and have a memory there, you that's know, a positive memory. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Before we wrap up, let's give me the call to action. How can we find you? Who needs to find you? Where do we find you? Uh, the well, the easy we're we're fortunate to be participating in all sport today. We got volleyball yeah. and all the pro, all four of our basketball and volleyball are full, we're booked up, which is great. So lots of interest. But easiest way to find us our website, which is strikersports.ca, and it's striker with a Y. Why? So yep. strikersports.ca. And uh, we have a full set of summer camps running July and August, basketball and volleyball. And for the first year ever, we're doing two sport camps. So the kids can play basketball half a day and volleyball half awesome. a day. Awesome, yeah. So again, on the multi-sport idea. And we like, to, we like the kids to try as many sports. So in one week of summer camp, you're going to find out if you like basketball and volleyball or one more than the other. But it gives you a chance, you know, to really get into both sports. Mm-hmm. And you'll know by the end of the week. Yeah, I can play both of these maybe in junior high or yeah. So uh, and and our registrations are going well for those. So, but we had parents ask us last year. I'd never even thought of it, and parents say, "You ever think about doing both sports?" Like we we because they'd sign up for a volleyball camp and then have to come back another week to do basketball. Yeah, yeah. So they get three hours of each, fifteen hours of each a week, which is a pretty good introduction, you know, for that's a kid right. that's not playing competitively. Yeah. And a chance to have some fun, and away they go. 